For decades, the Vietnam War has been a Hollywood obsession. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, First Blood. These were blockbuster films, embraced by audiences and critics alike. And for decades, they've helped us understand a painful war and understand each other. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Do We Get to Win This Time? How Hollywood Made the Vietnam War. Listen on the Big Picture feed. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And a reminder, we have our rankings up at fantasyfootball.3ringer.com that have been updated with our tiers. And this Ooh. is our last of our tiers episodes, baby. We got our tight end tiers coming at you. We've done quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. You can check those out on the podcast episodes. Or if you go to fantasyfootball.3ringer.com, you can click on the position tabs. And when you click on any position tab you want, our tiers at that position will drop down so you can check them out. And if you want to know why we have them like that, you can listen to the episode. So we're going to go through our tight ends today. And tight ends kind of weirder than all the other positions, to be honest, because there's like you can live in luxury and or you can kind of live in squalor and the middle class, like everything else in um, the 21st century, just just shrinking and shrinking. It's a, it's a world of haves and have nots at tight end. I love tight ends. I don't know why, but I, I, I always just find like <laughs> figuring out who to draft at tight end to be one of like the more funner uh, tasks in funner. One of one of is funner a word. word. It should. If you, people know what it means, I think it, it should. Did count. they add it? I feel like I saw somebody saying they added funner to the dictionary. But anyway, tight end <laughs> is just like it's just a weird position. You only start one of them. Basically, if you don't have Travis Kelsey, none of it matters anyway. So it's <laughs> it's just kind of a fun experiment. DK, on the other hand, is kind of like I hate tight ends. Well, I wouldn't say that. I just think it, it just sucks that there's not more, you know, guys that are going to be actually big parts of their passing game. Like the way that the NFL is going, you know, slot receivers and some to some extent running backs have kind of like taken over for tight ends in a lot of offenses. And so you don't you just don't see there's only a handful, like four or five tight ends in the entire NFL who are either the first or second option in their passing offense. So you know, it's just, this is why, by the way, this is a, an aside, but I play a lot of tight end premium leagues, which kind of like widens, you know, it makes guys that are going to catch like 30, 40 passes a season actually usable in fantasy um, versus like in, in regular tight end scoring leagues. It's just kind of like those guys are scoring like six points a, a week. So um, I don't know. I, I, going forward, probably I think tight ends are going to continue to uh, be phased out. I don't know. It's just the stratified world we're living in. Because, I mean, so we could go through our tiers right now. The first guy, obviously, is Travis Kelsey. He gets his own tier. And again, I'm like half kidding, half not about like the haves and have nots at the position. Because every Travis Kelsey stat is like a Jeff Bezos stat. Where you're like, Jeff Bezos makes more per second than most people do like on their entire paycheck. And it's like <laughs> Travis second. Kelsey had more points last year than every tight end in 1997 combined. And like, <laughs> that's not real. But it sounds true. And I think there's no doubt he's the number one guy. There's no doubt he gets his own tier. My only question is, where do you guys actually want to take him? Like, we have him right now at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We have him eighth, and we haven't talked actually since uh, Cooper Cup uh, tweaked his hamstring at practice yesterday. We're recording yeah. this Thursday, August 3rd. And my, I guess my question, so we have Justin Jefferson first. We have Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Jamar Chase for the Bengals, Tyree Kill for the uh, Dolphins, not the Chiefs. Then we have Cooper Cup for the Rams, Bijan Robinson, uh, on the Falcons and with Travis Kelsey eighth. And my question is gun to your head right now. Would you actually take Cooper cup with a tweaked hamstring over Travis Kelsey? 
I still would. I mean, I, I'm not saying I would every single time, but I still got him ranked slightly higher. I I'm, I have Kelsey seventh, and I'm like, I'll take him seventh. I think that's a good spot. I think that's totally fine. Cooper Cup, though, I always fear with these type of injuries where everyone's like, oh, he's 30, hamstring injury. He got hurt last year. Like, stay away. And then somebody in your salary cap draft is going to get him for like 30 bucks, and he's going to be incredible. So I don't <laughs> think you can read too much into it. If he tweaked his ham, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. It's still early August. Not a huge deal. But Travis Kelsey's right there, and I wouldn't have a problem if you taking him. Yeah. I think the rule with injured players is if someone else takes him, they're an idiot because they bought damaged goods. And if you get them, you're smart. You got a discount. What a value. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Um, they're gonna in be these fine. drafts, like, would you even quibble if anyone took Kelsey first? Like, honestly, like if you're sitting there in a draft and someone took Kelsey first, are you going to be like, what? So, I mean, probably, again, the definition of a reach is like, at the end of the day, if you want a player and they're not going to be there the next time you pick, at the end of the day, right, you can't predict right. the future. So yeah, if you want Kelsey, you can. I, I mean, I would certainly take Justin Jefferson over Travis Kelsey. Heifetz, you alluded to it. Kelsey scored... 90 points more than the number two tight end last year in half. Travis Kelsey had the, again, the gap between him and uh, the number two tight end last year, TJ Hawkinson was bigger than the gap between Hawkinson at two and Mike Kosicki at 22. So like, again, it's, it's it's a different world we're living in. And the thing with Kelsey is if he was just a wide receiver, he's basically been a top 10 wide receiver each of the last like five years since Mahomes started playing. So like, what are we doing here? So yeah, you could take him as high as you want him and, Again, 34, scary, hasn't missed a game due to injury in a decade. So unlike Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, McCaffrey, all these guys ahead of him have actually been hurt. He hasn't. So I feel like you've said that just the perfect amount of times now that he's going to get injured. <laughs> yeah. That's, one. Say yeah. it one yeah. more time. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, it's like ice cubes where it's like an odd number is fine, but an even number is bad luck. I have to make sure that I say it an odd number of times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know what this ice cubes thing is, but yes, I agree that you should do that. Kelsey's going to get hurt in week one, isn't he? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's because okay. of you. So yeah, it's my fault. I'll, I, yeah. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe we can do like a home and away with his pod and he can like yell at me. All right. Tier two, we have Mark Andrews, the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews famously gives DK the ick because he volleyballed <laughs> a pass that was in the end zone one time. And DK just kind of hates Mark Andrews now. Well, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's just I remember that. That's the first thing I think of when I when I think of Mark Andrews is him like volleyball setting a pass instead of just catching it. Um, but at the same time, like you cannot ignore what he's done over the last couple of years. You cannot ignore the volume that he gets. He has been over the last four years, tight end three, tight end one, tight end four, tight end four in the last four years. I mean, he is it, it, beggars can't be choosers kind of deal with it. Like I, I don't love Mark Andrews necessarily, but he is going to be one of the few tight ends that is like almost guaranteed to get a ton of volume, even in this Ravens offense, this new Ravens offense, which we don't really know exactly what it's going to look like. I'm pretty sure he's still going to get a ton of volume. I mean, if anything, we might be underrating him. So, I mean, because we've been talking about the Ravens being good and we're like, well, who's, you know, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Odell could get. I'm like, well, Mark Andrews, what if he's just better than he's been? Like, we have Mark Andrews right now. We have him 29th. And so basically what we have, we have about 24, including Travis Kelsey's 24 elite running backs, receivers and a Travis Kelsey. And then at that point, we're like, all right, that's where you if you can't lock in one of those like top 24 elite guys at running back receiver, start locking quarterbacks. That's where you have Jalen Hurts. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And if you can't get one of those guys, it's like Mark Andrews. That's basically how our top 30 goes is there's like 25 elite players. And then there's three elite quarterbacks, Mark Andrews. And that's basically our top 29 guys. Yeah. The one thing that Andrews has that most of the other guys below him don't is like the percentage of targets when he's out there. Like a lot, uh, the big thing with tight end is kind of volume. A lot of these tight ends are good. And if they were on the right teams, they, they could succeed. Like look yeah. at Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, 
for his entire career has basically seen like a fourth of targets from the Ravens when he's out there, which is like Travis Kelsey level. And they don't throw as much because obviously they're like also a run heavy offense with Lamar. But that's been what's great about Andrews is, is he gets the volume that's like on the Travis Kelsey level. So if they pass a lot more now with Monk and even with more, you know, weapons kind of stealing coverage from Andrews, this could be Andrews best season yet. Uh, the other thing that's good about Andrews uh, that is similar to, to, Travis Kelsey is he's essentially a receiver, right? You know, he's, he's designated as a tight end, but the dude just does not block. He actually had a 53% slot rate last year. So he's running out of the slot compare that to Kelsey, who was 36%. I mean, he is out there running routes. He's not being asked to like be in line at least. And, and I think we can assume that's not going to be the case again with this new offense with Monken. So, um, you know, this is the, t- the, the archetype that you're looking for in fantasy at tight end is a guy who's not blocking very much. And so um, Andrews is running a ton of routes. He's obviously got chemistry with with Lamar Jackson. To me, the only question is, will the volume increase that we think is going to happen this year in Baltimore, you know, offset what could be an offense that doesn't pass the tight ends quite as much? You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm a little worried that that the Roman offense was very focused on passing to tight ends in their in that scheme. Um, but I think the volume increase could kind of make up for that going forward. I, I don't know. They're also not swimming in options. I mean, like you right. have a beat up Rashad Bateman, old Odell Beckham. You have a rookie. It's not like you know. Yeah. Have we, not, have we started calling him Oldell, or are we the? We <laughs> Oldell. First of, did I we say that? First of that. <laughs> did I no, say Oldell? You said old Odell, but like someone has to have come up with that. Oldell. Oldell. Wow. All right. Well. RIP Odell. So our next tier here, and again, we're just Kelsey and Andrews get their own tier, which is weird, but it works. Next tier here, we got TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings, George Kittle for the Niners, Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. I think this is where tight end gets weird. Yeah. And I, I I have very mixed feelings on TJ Hawkinson. Do, do either of you have like strong feelings for I against? Do have, I have strong feelings about TJ Hawkinson. We actually have him above Kittle, which might surprise people. But when, when Hawkinson got traded to the Vikings, man, he was basically the number two tight end in fantasy football behind Kelsey. He was first in catches. He's tied for first in targets, second in yards, first in routes, second in red zone targets. Like he just became immediately a true number two option behind Justin Jefferson. He had a huge playoffs. Heifetz, you remember him having 130 yards and 10 catches against the Giants. He's young. A lot of these guys are getting close to 30 or or over 30. Hawkinson's 26. He's never going to get double teamed because of Justin Jefferson. He's got a full year now. It's impressive that he just stepped into Minnesota last year. It was like immediately great. Yeah. And look, the Vikings passed the ball a ton. It's the opposite of what we, you know, you had to worry about with Mark Andrews on the Ravens. The, The Vikings threw the ball the third most, third most passing attempts last year in the league. So, and they just lost Dalvin Cook. So I, I think Hawkinson is actually kind of safe and has upside. So, and, and, he's, and he's relatively healthy. So I, I like Hawkinson a lot. Something that we talked about with both Kelsey and Andrews is that, and, and Craig, you mentioned it, it's like situation is so important for tight ends and fantasy. And, and like, if we're really boiling it down, isn't it just like, does this quarterback like to pass to his tight ends? Like, that is the big question. And well, it's the George Kittle problem. Is like, yeah, it, George Kittle's awesome. He might be the best tight end in the league, talent-wise. Yeah. But, yeah. like, there's Christian McCaffrey, there's Debo Samuel, there's Brandon Ayuk, and that just complicates things. And that's why he doesn't really have a high target share all the right. time. And TJ Hawkinson, it's just kind of him and Justin Jefferson. And that's what matters more when you're playing fantasy football. Yeah, and, and people could be worried about Jordan Addison, rookie coming in, and that's that's valid. But to me... What you said is he came in and is immediately super productive. That says to me that he has the trust of Kirk Cousins. I'm just assuming Kirk Cousins is going to continue to look at that TJ Hawkinson a ton because he 
number one is comfortable throwing to that area of the field and he trusts him and he's he, and Hawkinson's going to be where he wants him to be. So um, I, I almost look at, you have to very much look at like the quarterback situation when it comes to tight ends. Like are these quarterbacks looking for their tight ends and Kirk cousins last year definitely was. So I think that's probably going to be relatively sticky year over year with the same quarterback. It should also be mentioned that Adam Thielen is gone. Adam Thielen has 30 touchdowns in the last three years yeah. for the yeah, Vikings. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I feel like Larry David in those FCX commercials where everyone's like talking up TJ Hawkinson. I'm like, eh, not for me. <laughs> kind of press, kind of prescient by Larry David there. Yeah. Nah, I'm just like, I, I just look at a Vikings Wasn't team the whole just, point of that commercial was that he was wrong about everything? I think he was right about everything, actually. <laughs> No, it was like, we look, we've discovered sliced bread. And he's like, eh. No, it was crypto. It was FTX. And it was no, like, come but, on, Larry, buy crypto. And he's like, no. no. He's talking about what the bit is. In the the in point the, of the yeah. commercial was that Larry was wrong about everything that ended up being great. And that he yeah, was fine. Then, that might be me. Maybe Hawkins is great. I'm just like, okay. eh. <laughs> not for me. I'm just leaving this Vikings team. And I'm like, they threw... They were they had nine one score games. They were throwing at every possible fourth quarter. There was no situation where they weren't throwing last year. Yes, he had a few great games, particularly against um the Giants. Twice he went over 80 yards, Seattle, but like the Giants are the worst linebackers in the league. And I'm just I just kind of look at him like I, I think Jordan Addison's gonna soak up a lot. Adam Thielen was dust last year. I, I just I kind of look at Hawkinson. I'm like, you can take him where he's going. I, I don't hate him. I just won't have him on my team. I just would rather have Keenan Allen or Justin Fields or Jerry Judy, the people going around him. Ignore the science. Eh. Ignore the me. data. Sure. I will say the weird thing of the Hawkinson in this whole tier is that if you juxtapose him with George Kittle, it's like the opposite because Kittle is not getting the volume but had like 11 touchdowns last year. But I'm, all, I'm just mad on this whole group, honestly, because I look at Kittle and I'm like, George Kittle basically had almost double his career touchdowns last year. He, I think right. his career high was six and then last year he had 11 that's the only reason why he was he held up in fantasy. Like all the metrics were down. Like all of his yards per route run, everything was down. But he had eleven touchdowns, which is salvaged everything. And they all came at the end with Brock Purdy in like December. It's like it's it's kind of like in poker if you kind of just like muddle your way into the flop and you kind of just hit a straight on the the turn in the river and you're like, oh wow, I won the hand. You're like, yeah, you got lucky. It's like yeah, George Kittle. All right, good. He got six touchdowns in like six weeks. But like Mike Clay at ESPN had this great stat that was like Kittle scored a touchdown on thirteen percent of his targets last year which was like basically triple his prior career rate of like 4%. So it's like, I, I don't know, man. Also in that, in that Purdy stretch, when he was going off, three of those games were without Debo Samuel. And there's a huge difference between Kittle with Debo on the field and Kittle without Debo on the field. If I was going to play devil's advocate for Kittle, which I don't actually, I'm not going to be targeting Kittle very much to be totally honest, but if I was going to play devil's ad advocate, it's exactly what I was saying before with like, Trusting the quarterbacks looking for their tight ends. This is why we always look for, in particular, uh, Dak Prescott's tight ends because he just loves targeting the tight end. That's why Lamar Jackson, like he has the highest uh, target rate to tight ends over the last three years. I think there's a chance Purdy, if Purdy is the is the starter for the 49ers, which all signs are indicating he's going to be, maybe that's a huge boon for Kittle after all. And maybe he's actually going to start like scoring more touchdowns than he had earlier in the season or earlier in his career. And they're going to really have him He's like the security blanket in the red zone for Purdy, whatever. Like there's there's a narrative that you can put together there. I don't necessarily believe it because I think it's probably more random. But I mean, he he went absolutely off when Purdy was playing and Purdy was looking to him in the most important situations. I mean, look, he, he's never been worse than the number four tight end in points per game in the last five years. 
but it's like, it's like, do you want to play the game? Do you want, do you want to ride that roller coaster? You're always going to be dealing with him playing through a shoulder injury. And then three times a year, he's going to have 30 points. And then there'll be other games where he has four. And it's just kind of a philosophical thing. I think he's firmly the fourth tight end in dress. There, there's no one after him that I think you should take over George Kittle. To that point, Craig, about the boom bust, Kittle had five weeks last year outside the top 20. Yeah. And then he had six weeks inside the top five. So he's, he's truly like the opposite of Dallas Goddard, who we have in this yeah. year, who's just like five catches, 50 yards every game. And Goddard, it's true. They're all so like different. These Hawkinson, Kittle, Goddard are all like really different flavors, different offenses, everything. Like, and you look at Goddard is basically one of the best per touch players in the league, but he's not going to get that many touches. Yep. So, you know, he's like, oh, like last year he was second in yards after the catch per reception, literally only behind Debo Samuel. Like Debo Samuel and then Dallas Goddard in terms of yards after the catch per oh, reception. Oh, they, they designed some really sweet tight end screens. Oh, the screens. The yeah. Eagles, like the Goddard screen's incredible. Mm-hmm. But then you look at like yards per route run and it, Goddard's always up there and yards per route run is basically the best eye test meets statistics receiver, like receiving skill stat we have. And yard, Dallas Goddard's always top four in tight ends uh, yards per route run. Here's the problem. I got this from Andrew Cooper. It's really good. Dallas Goddard has eight end zone targets in the last three years. <laughs> Dang. Mike Kosicki is Mike Kosicki, who I hate, had eight last year. I love Mike Kosicki. So I mean, that's pretty I feel, crazy. I feel like when the Eagles are in the red zone, they kind of know who they are. And unfortunately, it's not really a Dallas Goddard show. It's AJ Brown, it's Jalen Hurts, it's the running backs. You know, it I just there's not a lot of opportunity for him in there. He's also more injured than you think. He's missed oh, uh, yeah. 14 games in the hurt. last three years. Yeah. He's missed more games than uh than George Kittle, I believe, in the last three years. Does it, would it be silly to have Hawkinson just in his own tier two? <laughs> no, like, I think Hawkinson should be with Kittle. He should be with Kittle. Wait, hold on, hold on. Everyone's his own tier. Not even eight end zone targets. Dallas Goddard has nine targets inside the 10-yard line, period, in the last three years. Jeez. Nine inside the 10. If anything, I think Goddard should be not with Kittle and Hawkinson just because I think last year... The ADP for Goddard was around like, he was like around the eighth to 10th tight end going in drafts. And then he was kind of like a little bit of a bargain. He was a steal. Now he's to me priced at his ceiling. I don't think there's a scenario in which Dallas Goddard is finishes better than the fifth tight end in fantasy. And that's already where he's ranked. So I kind of think I'm going to lay off him this year because of his price, because I think he's getting drafted for his ceiling. I'm fine to drop him down a tier. The the what I, the way I would push back on that, Craig, and I don't totally disagree with you, but like this tier, Hawkinson, Kittle, Goddard, these guys feel like, Tight ends who will probably not win you your league, but they're not going to lose you your league either. They're just kind of there. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be right around Mm. expectation most of the time. And so, yeah. And if you drop down to like Kyle Pitts, like he has league winning upside, but he's also could be a massive bust again. And like, yeah, you know, you could be really fucked for like the whole season trying to figure out what to do at tight end. If you take pits and, and things go the way that they've gone last couple of years. Um, Whereas like with Goddard, Kittle, Hawkinson, like they're pretty locked in as, you know, solid contributors on their team. They're probably going to get the, you know, five, four or five catches a game, whatever. And you'll be fine. But you're not also probably not going to win because of these guys either. Right? He's kind of in his own tier. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> our rankings are just also t- tiers. <laughs> <laughs> all of our tight ends are in their own tier. You know, in like my... In I my mind, I don't the top it. five tight ends kind of are all in their own tier. I think Hawkinson's in his own tier. <laughs> I think Dude, Kittle is, is in a this different is, tier than Goddard. No one can take us seriously if we're like, well, Kelsey's a tier, Andrew's a tier, Hawkinson's a tier. We can put Kittle and uh, Kittle and um. Well, no, Goddard doesn't go through. Kittle's kind no. of a tier. If you guys, like, tier. first of all, if you look at our actual rankings, it's Kelsey at eight, 
Yeah. Then we got Andrews at 29. Teardrops. Teardrops. Hawkinson at 48 or 40. Uh, yeah, 48. And then like way down at 57. Like these are literally like each one is their own tier. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I, now we get to the, the person who I've actually kind of Kyle Pitts. I uh, kind of think he's his own tier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's get, I want to do the basic spiel of Kyle Pitts. And basically, obviously, if you had Kyle Pitts last year, one, I'm sorry. Uh, it was awful. It was a horrific ride. And I don't want to remind, I, you know, we've talked about this earlier this offseason, but just going to reiterate just where we last left off. Kyle Pitts towards MCL toward the end of the season. And it was kind of, if anything, like a merciful conclusion to a, a pretty horrific roller coaster ride. Uh, again, Kyle Pitts finished with 28 catches for 356 yards on the year. Fewer yards per game than Khalif Raymond. Fewer ca- fewer Ugh. catches per game than Ben Skoranek. Did God. not even have the did not have the most touchdowns among tight ends on the Falcons. He finished behind Michael Pruitt. Ah. And overall, fewer <laughs> fantasy points per game than Jordan Akins. Good God! So it's going to be the, different this year, though. <laughs> this year's different, though. Now, then you go to like the next, you know, the Galaxy Brain meme. That's the little brain. His Kyle Pitts was bad. Then the next galaxy brain meme is, but the flip side is they actually targeted him a lot mm-hmm. when he was it's in, just a, when, yeah, when, when he, he ran routes, they targeted him a lot. <laughs> Mar- yeah. Marcus Mariota was a terrible quarterback and basically Marcus Mariota nerve injuries, throwing arm, no offense to him. I know Netflix, the show followed him, but like quit on the team midseason. Like it was really tough. And Mariota just is inaccurate. And Kyle Pitts had like the highest rate of like inaccurate targets. And, but they targeted Kyle Pitts down the field a ton. And if you ever watch Kyle Pitts play, it's like he was just always getting these uncatchable passes. So they're throwing, they're treating Kyle Pitts how we want. That's big, huge, fast receiver getting downfield shot plays and they just missed. And so now you're getting him at a discount in theory. In, you could argue like, hey, this kid's younger than Dalton Kincaid. Kyle Pitts is younger than Dalton Kincaid. Like two Who was a first round pick at tight end this year? <laughs> Who cares? I don't know why we're all obsessed with how young Kyle Pitts is. Travis Kelsey's 34. <laughs> Who gives a shit how young he is? Played a thousand yard season as a rookie and like, which hadn't been done since Mike but Ditka like, like 50 years earlier. It's clearly I think good. that's fine. Saying like he did something as a rookie is a fine qualifier, but his specific age, I don't think matters. If he was a 24 year old rookie or a 19 year old rookie, I care about what he did on the field this isn't a dynasty draft who cares but no at 21 he had a thousand yards and then last year had marcus mariota and it was awful so i'm saying post type sleeper here's where i'm at the entirety of kyle pitt's argument depends on athleticism and i'm worried i think this mcl recovery like if you kind of see him at practice he's wearing a brace uh, kevin garnett on the uncut gems pod with adam sandler on bill simmons show i will never forget kevin garnett saying no one wears a knee brace for fun if you're wearing a knee brace it's because your knee hurts and I don't love the fact that Kyle Pitts had this injury in November and he's still wearing this brace. I still don't think he looks himself. Yeah. I'm kind of just out, man. Let's fast forward to 2023. What's changed? He's coming off. He's 23 MCL. then. Yeah. Yeah. Desmond Ritter's his quarterback. <laughs> Is that supposed to inspire confidence? Desmond Ritter actually threw it as running backs way more than Mariota did. That's kind of scary. Uh, Ty, they just drafted- Ty DMs to say he's two years older than Kyle Pitts. It's <laughs> crazy. So cool. Oh, he's so young. I don't know why we care. Also, <laughs> youth is awful sometimes. Sometimes youth is a horrific, horrific liability. They just spent a draft pick on Bijan Robinson, like the best running back prospects in Saquon Barkley. All they do is run the ball. I don't know. You're right. We don't talk about that enough. We're like, oh, he's young. You're like, you know what that means? He's pro-. like young men are stupid. As look by and large, no one individually, but as a cohort, I don't think it's insulting to say young dudes are generally oh, dumb. Yeah. Big time. You know, we're pretty stupid. That's, I mean, car insurance companies like don't even want to deal with young men. We're all a bunch of Kens. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I am Ken F though. If you want Kyle Pitts and you like believe he's the truth and that it's all going to work out and they're going to throw to him a ton and sure. But I'm not going to be on that train. I'll Again, Kyle it. Pitts is like a cryptocurrency because when someone tries to explain why you should buy it, they somehow start talking about like when man invented fire. And you're like, <laughs> all right. And then the internet and then Kyle Pitts. I will say, if you look at where he's getting drafted, or at least where we have him ranked, we got him ranked 66 overall. One more for the devil. We should put him at 66.6. <laughs> the guys that are all around him are all also pretty high variance, I would say. You know what I mean? Like we got Rashad White, who could be awesome or maybe he's just not any good. We've got He's Marquise a running Brown. back on the Bucks. He's not a tight end, yeah. <laughs> just for people <laughs> at home listening. Well, I'm saying where you're taking him, there's also some risky players. We should you know have a I mean? nihilism tier of like Kyle Pitts, DeAndre Swift, just like when fuck you get it. to your draft Rashad like, you know, Penny, Darius Tony. What worst Williams. case he gets hurt for the season and we just die on this rock floating through space anyway, who cares? But he is in his own tier. I just don't want to tie my personality to Kyle Pitts anymore. That's all. <laughs> DK, again, as he gets older, just has less tolerance for people who like drain his energy in life. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Darren Waller, we have in the next tier. And I'm like, to DK's point about players who have upside and downside, should Darren Waller be in the tier with Kyle Pitts? Because he's kind of like old Pitts. I feel like every single week Darren Waller plays, he will be a top five tight end, or at least ranked as such. And the question is just, does he play 12 games or right, not? Right, that's, that's baked into his price. That's, That's why the, he is where he is. It's yeah. kind of why I like Darren Waller, man, because I kind of think about it and I'm like, George Kittle, you know, they do the, these little summits now of every position, like all the left tackles get together and all the tight ends get together. George Kittle said Darren Waller's the fastest tight end in the NFL, at least among the ones really? who actually play. Interesting. Yeah, you not know kind of like Luke Musgrave, who's a rookie this year. Like Darren Waller, of the play, people who actually play football, Darren Waller's the fastest tight end. And he's got like freedom in the Giants offense. And at the end of the day, the Giants, like they traded for him. They have a vision for him. And I just think as long as he plays, like he's the, he's the biggest person on the team by far. Like, I, I mean, it, he's yeah. they kind of forget he's huge. No, I don't know, no, man. no tight end in the NFL is getting more hype right now than Darren Waller either. Like it seems like every training camp practice, Heifetz, you're close to, to the Giants. Like every single practice, yeah. people are raving about you're how at camp, Darren right? Waller. You're in the, you're in the back rooms. You're in the office. I'm in the hearing? meeting rooms. Yeah. Yeah. You're texting, you know, your dad and your brother about the about the team. I'm this I'm the slots I'm the slot receiver right behind Cole Beasley. <laughs> I can see Heifetz being a slot receiver. If somebody put a gun to my head and said, Did you have to draft Darren Waller or Kyle Pitts? I I straight up I'm probably drafting Darren Waller. <laughs> Dude, I kind of think yeah. we should put Waller over Pitts. <laughs> I, think Pitts I could argue Waller should be ahead of Kittle, man. All right, now you're talking crazy. Why? Why I don't is actually that crazy? hate that either. Why is that crazy? <laughs> George, uh, George Kittle has George Kittle's missed two games every year for like four yeah, years. Darren Waller's missed like 20 games in the last two years. <laughs> yeah, but now he's on the Giants. <laughs> oh, right. And their turf field, which keeps everyone healthy. Remember how healthy everyone who plays at MetLife Field is? Uh, Waller's missed like, I think, 15, 16 games the last two seasons. That means he's well rested. I, I, You know what? There's something to that. Age <laughs> is just a number. The closer I get to 30, I'm like, I still feel great. You this is I mean? a good market advantage of like, everyone's like, oh, I want youth. We're like, no, youth is wasted. 
Youth is wasted on the young. He's <laughs> just wasted on Kyle Pitts. Seriously. Draft Darren Waller. How about that? Be an adult. Uh, all right. Next tier here. This is the Darren Waller tier still, right? I think Darren Waller goes up with, I think Darren Waller, I wouldn't mind leapfrogging. I think he's with Pitts. I think it's the same tier. I think so too. Spiritually. If you're going for gold, you're like, ah, this could blow up my face, but I'm going for, like, I, this is a Ricky Bobby first or last move. That's what Darren Waller and Pitts are. I like how t- little these tiers are. Yes. Tiny little Can tiers. you recap? recap it's, like we top us. it's like top us. Yeah, give, <laughs> yes, it's like top us. Yeah. Recap. It's, recap Travis these appetizer Kelsey, tiers. Travis Kelsey's tier one. We have him eighth. <laughs> and Mark Andrews is tier two. We have him 29th. Basically after like, you know, Allen and Hertz are gone. And then we have tier three, which is TJ Hawkinson uh, on the Vikings, George Kittle on the Niners. And we got Dallas Goddard. Eagles. kind of bumping Goddard down really with Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller, right? You're telling me you're not taking Darren Waller over Dallas Goddard? Get out of here. I think I think we need to flip it. I think we need to get it. <laughs> Craig, yeah, do you have it ranked that way? <laughs> no. Like, we're on this pod now. And this is what, this is I think you're right. I agree with Craig. I, I think that I've been, I, I, to tell you the truth, I think that I've been afraid yeah. to be bullish on Darren Waller. You've been repressing just, your excitement. Because exactly as Craig said, it's like at the end of the day, here's the flip side. And maybe we're underplaying this. Darren Waller is 31 years old and has literally two healthy NFL seasons to his name. Like, and they were before, and they were like, you know, so it's a little, little freaky to be like, oh, well, this will be fine. It, they're already <laughs> managing his workload to keep him healthy. But I have been afraid to admit to myself how good Darren Waller could be on the Giants if he's healthy. And I think it could be incredible. When you're this, when you're, once you pass Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, and in my opinion, TJ Hawkinson, after that, you're just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> Dallas yeah. Goddard's not going to have a thousand yards this year. He's not. You know who could? Darren Waller. So then, uh, yeah. So we put them all together. Valid, valid. I think so. Maybe Goddard goes in this next tier, but um, we can bump. I agree, Craig. The because Ricky Bobby's it's fun. So the next group here, I would describe as this is the last stop to to pay before you're gonna have to pray because these are mm-hmm. the last guys that I would say are like anything resembling a trustworthy quant- uh, quantity. So it's Evan Engram on the Jaguars, David and Joku for the Browns, Pat Fryermuth for the Steelers. I think these are the last trusted brands before you kind of have more hope like what like after these guys it's like you know hope without a plan is a wish that's really what you're doing if you're waiting past like Engram and Joku Fryermuth deer I agree do either of you guys have an opinion on David and Joku um I <laughs> is he a guy did, that you're gonna draft at all I Maybe. just remember him like I, meditating I would, I in would. the cold last year and being like this guy's hard and then he had like one catch for seven yards and thinking I'm never gonna watch <laughs> yeah. pregame warm-ups ever again He's the new Irv Smith or like even like the Ladarius Green where every year it was like, man, this guy's something. And then it doesn't happen and people write him off for some excuse. And then the next season it's like, this is going to be the year. But I'm kind of He's the reason I'm, I am Larry Craig, like you said, why do we give a shit how old Kyle Pitts is? And Joku is the reason I'm like, oh God, you're right. (laughs) I think Njoku came into league when he was like 20 or something, 21. And so he like had all this promise. He's a first rounder, super athletic. I mean, if you look at him, like his frame is unreal. Like he's huge, tall, long guy, really fast. Everything is there for him to be like a superstar. And he just never did it. Well, we just still talk about tight ends. Like they talk about baseball players in a money ball, where there was like trying to talk to Billy being like, he's got a great ass, Billy. Great face. Like, is that face. selling jeans, man? And Joku's doing the guy doing windmill dunks and warmups. Yes. And then he doesn't start. And you're like, the huh. flip side for Njoku is he did have the best year of his career last year. And again, they had been hesitant because he was so raw when he came out. He was a pure athlete when they, he was so raw that they didn't really give him the full tight end job to last year. Last year was the first year he had it. And it was like, you know, 
the best year of his career. It was what fifty catches, like six hundred yards and change for like four touchdowns. He was the ninth best tight end. Yeah, I was gonna say like, what did that get him? Like he he was fine. Are we not? But are we not? basically projecting every player in the Browns to be better this year because they get like the full year of Deshaun Watson and a full offseason. And it's like, why wouldn't yeah. Joe could yeah. be part of that? Yeah, as is the case with every Browns player, it ultimately comes down to how Deshaun Watson performs, maybe except for Nick Chubb. But everybody else, it all comes down to Deshaun. So that's what I you're betting like, yeah. on. I wanted to talk up Njoku on this pod and went to like look at his numbers and... <laughs> Trying to, I was just like, yeah, never mind. I don't we know. We need a word Whatever. for when the guy that is hyped as like an insane athlete, incredible, and then you're like, oh, this is like incredible. I was, yeah, oh just, yeah, I was gonna listen to it, but then I just kept on living yeah. my life. <laughs> I carried on living my life. Um, yeah, he, he, I wanted to be more excited about him than I was like just looking at all the metrics. Like his target rate was really bad. <laughs> He's very, very mediocre points per game and targets. And I'm like, man, just give me something here, but. Couldn't get excited about it. The only thing that's exciting is the potential for this offense overall to be better. But that's like a projection. That's a big projection. The guy I like in this group is Evan Ingram because I think at the end of the day, Same. they paid him and that means they care. They don't just, you know, hand out extensions like that if they don't believe in the dude. He is basically a wide receiver. He has all that. He's Evan Ingram's not a freaking blocker. He's a wide receiver that plays tight end and is eligible at the tight end position. And most importantly, <laughs> he's attached to Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence I don't know what the, it's not saying Trevor Lawrence will be MVP this year. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence will ever be an MVP, but Trevor Lawrence, there's a 20, 30% chance that by the end of the season, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, the way we've been talking about Justin Herbert, that Trevor Lawrence like leads a 12 win Jaguars team and is like third in MVP voting. We're like, holy shit, this kid is like here already. And like the fact that that's is the higher end outcome, no offense, Craig, but that's not going to happen for Kenny Pickett. Like that's that card isn't still on the deck for Kenny Pickett. Is, you think that's right? There's there's no scenario. There's a 0% chance he becomes like a top 10 quarterback in the league. 0% chance. I said top three. Like an MV, a season where like so he comes third in MVP voting, zero chance. Kenny Pickett. Charlie I don't know Lawrence, if you could absolutely. say that, but okay. I would say non-zero, but it's very, very Fine, Not low. literally zero, but <laughs> yeah. like I will say. Weird shit yeah, happens. 5%. Yeah. I will say 19 out of 20 chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Um, but I agree with you ultimately. I mean, even if you go all the way up to Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts' quarterback is Desmond Ritter. Darren Waller's quarterback <laughs> is Daniel Jones. David Njoku's is Deshaun Watson. We don't know what that's about. Pat Fryermuth is Kenny Pickett. So it's like, you know, you want to get the guy with the best attorneys and Evan Ingram has the best attorney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Craig, I, I don't, maybe this isn't going to be successful in terms of trolling, but I feel like Evan Ingram, Ingram should be our new Kadarius Tony, and we should just antagonize Heifetz constantly about how great Evan Ingram is. I'm done. No, I got over it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it. That was just bad time. That was a relationship that didn't work because the timing was off because, you know, Evan Ingram was learning and then Jason Garrett was there and, you know, the Giants had to get their shit together. There's some things to work out. Like, I, you know, there were issues on both sides. The Tony thing was a toxic relationship. I feel like Patty Fries is flying under the radar a lot. Patrick Firemuth. Patrick Firemuth. Patrick? Um, you called him Patrick. I did not mean to call him Patrick. Mr. I a, can't believe Michael Thomas wants to go by Mike. It's just <laughs> I renaming really didn't people. didn't mean to do that. Patrick Firemuth. Quietest 98 target season on record. Would you agree? Like, did you, if, if I had just threw out there, he had 98 targets. That sounds so like 30 more than I would have guessed. Yeah, quietly sixth in the league in targets per game. Yeah. You're just like, oh, okay. So to me, he's a very similar player or a similar fantasy prospect as David Njoku because like, you know, Fryermuth is, is, is pretty like mediocre in terms of like all the advanced metrics, I'd say probably. But if this offense takes a big jump, 
that means Pat Fryermuth has like a much higher ceiling. It's just he's there. Yeah, you know what I mean, he's there. <laughs> and so sometimes I just don't think he doesn't there. have the ceiling really. But like, if the offense gets better, rising tides raise all ships. Kind of ninety percent is showing up, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's like Dalton Schultz. I think he's better than Dalton Schultz, but most of Dalton Schultz is like you know strong performance was because he was just there. So on that note, the next group here <laughs> right. we've got, which again is where we start to lean more on hoping than having a plan. Greg Dulcich for the Broncos, Dalton Schultz for the Texans, Chiego Conquo for the Titans, Cole Komet for the Bears, Gerald Everett for the Chargers, Tyler Higby for the Rams, Dalton Kincaid for the Bills, on and on, Jawan Johnson for the Saints. This is where it gets more like, the you know, it's the memento tattoo of like all the names crossed. It's like, it's like every year we have the sleeper tight end outside the top 10. Like, this is the guy because Jimmy Graham did it that one time. And then literally it hasn't <laughs> happened and it never happens. And But this year it's Greg Dulcich for the Broncos and he's going to work. I like Greg Dulcich. I think he's a talented player. If you look at the weeks in which he played last year, which was week six through 16, he was seventh among tight ends and targets, 10th in catches, sixth in yards, sixth in routes. And importantly, he was getting like explosive plays. So he's second in air yards, second um, in air yards per target. So he was being targeted downfield on these deep explosive plays. He has that uh, breakaway running speed where it can kind of make up for In other words, he's not going to be just like a dump off guy over the middle where you have to have like eight catches, you know, to make any kind of difference in, in half PPR. Um that being said, like there is a huge projection here, even with all those like pretty impressive underlying metrics, he was still only a tight end 14 in points in actual points per game. Um, but again, he was a rookie, you know, he's a sending player. We think he's in an offense that's probably going to be better. I, I personally like when I picture his style, um, he fits perfectly with the play action run heavy type thing where they can like use him on play action fakes and, and Russell Wilson can hit him and try and he can run for yards after the catch and like create explosive plays like stylistically he fits that really well but i don't know if he's going to get a ton of targets like that's my main concern I, is just yeah we don't know again we don't know if he's going to throw him the ball right like dalton schultz the texans like hey cj stroud rookie throwing to the the guy that the texans signed because you know they needed to spend cap money to hit the floor chico conquo titans played 40 percent of snaps last year i think it was actually less than that cole Komet, he exists Gerald Everett, like, well, Justin Herbert couldn't possibly throw to his tight ends less, right? Tyler Higby, like, someone's got to catch passes, and I like Tyler Higby. But, like, dude, if you're hearing this conversation we're having right now and thinking, oh, my God, this is depressing, that's why we have Travis Kelsey as a first-rounder. Higby's interesting, I will say. He had 108 oh, just, targets no, last year. Take Kelsey or Mark Andrews. No, I'm not saying not Darryl. to. Yeah. I know, but I'm just saying the, this conversation, all I can really think about is, like, you know what's cool? Sit up in the luxury box and like overlook all the plebeians in the courtyard and like eat your caviar and like sip your like champagne or nectar of the gods and look at everyone fighting for this scrap heap on waivers of like, Oh, Dalton Kincaid, like didn't get a target in September, but now they're saying they're going to like rotate him in more. And it's like, you know what? Like, just don't, just don't do that to yourself. There's like, it's two just not a fun way to live. There's two Daltons in this tier guys. That's a red flag. <laughs> Stay I would say Kincaid, I think, is worth noting because Kincaid, the argument for Dalton Kincaid is that he's basically going to be a rookie receiver, hopefully, because mm -hmm. rookie tight ends, they're contributing more, but it's still hard to contribute. It's the, I think the argument is that Kincaid could peak at the end of the season, and it's like he's kind of like Fields yeah. last year with Justin yeah. Fields. You cut him, maybe, and then he was like the second half of the season, like the mo one of the most three more most important players in fantasy. Kincaid could be like that if he went down the stretch, but I kind of don't expect Dalton Kincaid to be good immediately. He's like a huge waiver priority to me in October. 
I think the guy that stands out to me as the most likely to emerge out of this group is Gerald Everett. He's a, he's a Glansberg. We have not mentioned him whatsoever. He's attached to one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. He's playing in a new offense under Kellen Moore um, that could make him a big focal point of this offense, frankly. Um, and he's, I, I think he's good. You know what I mean? Like he kind of gets remembered because he, uh, I can't remember. He fucked up somehow. And there was like a pick six late in the it season. It was, yeah, he basically, there was like a long 40 yard play. Right. I think to him. Yeah. He made, and the, he, he was, like ran he was, like, he, yeah, after the catch. He, he was tired and they tried to run no huddle and run a play in the end zone. And he just kind of gave up on his route and was like, I'm good. I'm tired. Herbert threw to him and it was a pick six. Well, he was trying to motion to get out of the game too. He was like, let, sub me out, sub me out. And then they're like, no huddle. And then they threw it to him, which is. And he was gassed. Yeah. I think this anyway. is the same game Herbert got his ribs imploded. Oh, was so it? that's what people remember with Gerald Everett. But to me, he's a good player and he's going to be in a good offense attached to Justin Herbert. I like him. I, th- I think he well, could also, emerge. Kellen Moore is that coordinator now for the Chargers. And Kellen Moore was the guy overseeing Dalton Schultz being relevant. And frankly, Gerald Everett's right. way better than Dalton Schultz in a vacuum to me. Dalton Schultz was like a top four tight end one year, which I still can't believe that, I think, that happened. I think you're right, TK. I think this is actually like, like the best one of the show. Gerald Everett's virtually free. I think this is an freaking excellent like high upside backup tight end and it's the kind of guy that you want on your bench instead of waivers to start the year and like it is not insane at all to me gerald Everett finishes the top 10 guy yeah like it like this is i think it's a that is a great horse to bet on and it's just common sense it's like like it's you're betting on the chargers offense as opposed to joe lombardi with this frankly we don't talk about enough really just an old school approach to football because you know this you know it was vince lombardi's grandson right and it's like joe lombardi's like incompletions are bad as opposed to the modern <laughs> passing game, it's like actually passing is about aggressiveness. And now Justin Herbert with his freaking cannon and Kellen Moore, the coordinator, they're going back to, you know what's cool? Throwing downfield with your elite downfield passer. And I think we might actually be underrating the Chargers. Craig talked about the Mike Williams, but like Gerald Everett is exactly in that group. The same reason Mike Williams could be better this year is the same argument Craig made for Mike Williams applies to Gerald Everett. So I think that's a really good one. To there, there's, uh, but otherwise, like if you look at this tier, Cole Komet... It, would it surprise you whatsoever if Robert Tunyon scored more fantasy points than Cole Komet this year? It wouldn't surprise me if <laughs> like, Cole Komet w- was like not on the team by November. Well, he just got extended, Craig, but he's probably he got extended because he's going to be blocking a lot. I, I don't think. think about Cole Komet. <laughs> Same. I don't I mean, think then we, about Then him we at have Juwan Johnson, who literally no. like no. he's one of three tight no. ends on the Saints. Taysom Hill's also there. Foster no. Rose also Thirst there. Thirst trap. Stop. It's this is grim. I don't know. So I think if you're going deep cut and you're in a deeper league or whatever, you need more tight ends than this to pick one other guy. The only, well, the other two guys I'll say is if they had like priority waivers, waiver guys that have two weeks in, they're having good Tyler Conklin with the jets, not saying draft him. I'm saying if Aaron Rodgers decides he likes Tyler Conklin, I think Tyler Conklin could like fucking lead the jets and touchdowns in the world, but that's Rogers thing. I wouldn't bet on that. The guy that I think is straight up underrated is Jake Ferguson is the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. That's a good I'm one. not saying necessarily draft him. I'm saying that there's a world where Jake Ferguson is just like Dalton Schultz light. And he's again, like outside the top 30. Again, he's just a waiver tight end. And Jake Ferguson is just the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. I like that one what if, a lot. What if, uh, what if Irv Smith puts it together though? I will literally <laughs> never draft Irv Smith in any context. Irv he's Smith, only 24. He's young on the bet. That's actually insane. Irv Smith is 24. I feel like he's already had three year season ending injuries. Yeah, he has. He came into the league when he was 20. Doesn't matter though. He's 24. 
Um, I mean, look, he's the number one tight end on the Bengals. Craig turns 29 this week. He already turned 29 his birthday. Now he's just shitting on everyone in their early 20s. Now that he's <laughs> entering his 30s, he's practicing hating like the people in their 20s now. I'm out on these kids. You know who I think is a good sleeper that we have not talked about probably once in the last two years is Hunter Henry for the Patriots. Sounds like he is the established. Star. They signed Mike Kosicki in free agency, but they see him more as like a like a he's not a tight end. Tight, yeah, he's yeah. an Evan Ingram. But like Hunter Henry is going to be on the field every play, and he's done it in the past in terms of like being a fantasy factor. I think this offense is going to be so much more coherent and just frankly way better than it was last year. Hunter Henry I, again. I don't think he has like a seal, a high ceiling, but he could be a guy that comes in and is like a top ten tight end. It would not be surprising to me. I think that's a really really good one. And the same thing, Matt Patricia to Bill O'Brien. It's hard to quantify how much that's going to change the offense. Can we talk about tight end handcuffs, guys? <laughs> oh, that's the most depressing sentence I've ever heard. As long as we're digging in crates right now. Oh my tight god, end. Jesus, DK. What? Tight end handcuffs. Yeah, this is the only what tight are end we handcuff doing? I'm gonna mention. Isaiah Likely, guys. Uh, On the Ravens. Okay. This is okay. okay. In the okay. three games that Mark Andrew missed last year, uh likely averaged 13 and a half half PPR points per game. That would have been second. <laughs> if he did that over a whole season, he he's essentially Mark Andrews. If Mark Andrews gets hurt, which you, you can't say that about almost any other tight end in the NFL, because it just doesn't work that way. Generally, if like a good tight end gets hurt, the team will just give the targets to the receivers instead or whatever. In Isaiah Likely's case, like when he's done it, when he's come in, he's produced and he's actually really, I think he's actually a pretty good player. Um, so, you know, you don't have to draft him, but he's the type of guy that you could pick up on waivers, like as the season goes on and he's a tight end handcuff what do you got so let me let me ask you this dk if, if you draft mark andrews do you think you should draft isaiah likely kind of cover your bases i mean it depends on how deep your roster is of course like, probably not but probably not but like you know have him on speed dial i would spend and if it. mark to, i think the other answer to your question craig is if mark andrews had a season ending injury whether or not he's on your team i would spend an outrageous amount of my like uh free agent like like, like 75 percent of it yeah. I, I maybe 90 I'm not even kidding. I, 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 dude. All right, this is not true or going to happen. I'm not okay. saying things that are factually true. I am saying how I feel when I watch Isaiah Likely. When I watch Isaiah Likely play, because he's on my fantasy team. When I watch Isaiah Likely play, I have him in this my. This is like holistic league. fantasy football. This I think like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> That's wrong. He will. Isaiah Likely will not be Hall of Famer. But every time he catches a football, I'm like, this is the greatest player I've ever seen. If you're into preseason DFS, Isaiah Likely, man. Get <laughs> Isaiah him on your Likely roster. is incredible. If you're into <laughs> preseason DFS, you need to figure it out. Touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like preseason DFS. I don't play it, but it's great. I love watching preseason Should we games. have a preseason I love that people DFS have skin league? in the game for preseason games. Is it the game tonight? The Hall of Fame game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been talking. Well, well it's, this is going on Friday, so it already happened. I, I can't even tell you who's Should playing. we have score predictions for the Hall is of Fame Browns? Game? Browns versus shit. Who are they Jets. playing? Is it Seattle? Jets. The oh, Jets. Jets. Dude, Zach Wilson night. Hell yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. I took Jet Blue here. I was thinking of Zach Wilson. This will be the closest Zach Wilson ever gets to the name Hall of Fame. <laughs> Good for him. Harsh. But hilarious. You know, Jeff, Zach Wilson's uncle uh, founded Chip Blue, right? What? Oh, that good reference, Ivitz. I forgot about that. No, it's just a fact. Yeah. No, it's, um, I took Jeff Blue to, uh, I'm in Boston right now for a wedding. Flex. And I took Jeff Blue and I was just like, dude, Zach Wilson. Ironically, he drove like 10 hours to like work out during the offseason. I'm like, you know, your uncle owns a plane company, right? Like, you can just like, <laughs> your uncle owns an airline. You can just get some fucking flights, dude. Wow. 
Whatever. Didn't know that. Yeah. Could have gotten around more efficiently. Probably anyway, had a tough life. How do you get into yeah. the airline industry? How do you own uh, an airline? So you, you, are, like you, a, you were born in 1874? Well, I think earlier than that. I, I assume it's a Peaky Blinders situation. It's like, how do you own gin? It's like, well, first you have to run a gang. Right. <laughs> and then like, uh, all right. Emails. One, I want to shout out someone who added us on Twitter. Um, the Stetson Bennett age thing, who I do think Stetson Bennett might get playing time for the Rams this year. That's another one. Anything happens to Stafford. But so someone pointed out that Stetson Bennett was on the same college. So Sony Michelle, the running back retired. Um, mm. I think last week and we, we didn't talk about it because, you know, doesn't matter for fantasy. But someone reminded us that Stetson Bennett was on the same team at Georgia as Sony Michelle, <laughs> which is insane. Oh my gosh. So I need to pull this up because I need to get this exactly right. Wasn't Sony Michelle on the same team as Todd Gurley? Yeah, I think so. I think that, yeah, I think they overlapped. Did we just, did we decide yet if Stetson Bennett actually graduated college? I heard, I heard that he was in college for like six years and never even graduated. That would be the funniest thing. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I got it. Stetson Bennett and Sony Michelle were on the same team together at Georgia. Sony Michelle retired this week. That means Sony Michelle was drafted in the first round, played for four different NFL teams, won two Super Bowls, and retired while Stetson Bennett was still in college. <laughs> <laughs> Stetson Bennett's 25 years old, by the way. Stetson Bennett and, kicked off his parents' health insurance. That's how old he is, still in college. Uh, and Todd Gurley and, and Sony Michelle only overlap for one year. By the way, Todd Gurley, happy birthday. It's August 3rd. Oh, oh my God. Go. How old is he? He's my age, 29. He's God pretty much it. the exact same age as me. So. <laughs> happy Tom birthday, Brady. Craig, by the way. And Tom Brady's birthday. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. 29 is a big one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it kind of is because it's like the last, it's, it's like my last gasp at youth. Hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. You're in the death rows. Yeah. It's all down here. Hill from here, Craig. Can everyone, uh, I thank you to everyone who emailed Craig wedding advice. Anyone please email Craig advice for his thirties at ringer fantasy football. Gmail. No, no, that, that's so far away. I don't even need to think about that. I have, <laughs> right. I have forever. I also want to shout out. We asked people about the NFL player. Who's like a craft single, which is like, they're legally not allowed to say it's a cheese. Like Dove's not, it's a beauty bar. It's not a soap bar because they're legally not allowed to say it's soap. I would like to shout out Tyler, Charlie, Zach, Bernie, Matt, who all, every, like the amount of people, Tyler was first, but the answer is obviously Taysom Hill. Because yeah, it is. Yeah. He's a quarterback. Right there but for like, us. How do we legally, get that? Yeah. He's not a quarterback. No. Like you're not legally allowed to say that. So Taysom was the craft single. So I, I want to look this up real quick because it's hilarious. Taysom Hill. It, on the season, ran 122 routes in 16 games. He was running. He was running like a few routes a game. He was not a tight end. <laughs> he had. He finished as the tight end seven in points per game, and he had nine catches. Well, it's kind of like when you see something like an Oreo, and you're like, "That's vegan," and you're like, "There's no dairy." Like, what? So what is it? Like, what I don't is know. it? <laughs> what? 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 So what does he do? I don't. I don't know. Taysom Hill had 575 rushing yards. Love Taysom Hill. This right. is his year. We also <laughs> we got a <laughs> speaking of old guys. We got an email from Trenton. I'm so mad Trenton. that I didn't say this because I knew this fact and I forgot to bring it up on the pod. So thank you, Trenton, for reminding me. So I they gave me shit because I didn't know who Rod Stewart was in the previous episode. And I just <laughs> got confused. I heard the name. I just so Trenton writes in. Rod Stewart literally holds the Guinness World Record for the largest concert in human history. <laughs> Three and a half million people on wow. New Year's Eve in 1994 on the Copacabana Beach. Google wow. a photo of that. It's wild. I've seen it actually before. You know what? I forgot who did it. 
I guess it was Rod Stewart. But <laughs> Trenton writes, I get that sometimes you don't know famous people from an older generation, but in 20 years, some young person's going to say, who's Lady Gaga? And you're going to have a mini stroke <laughs> and you'll know how it feels. <laughs> I would love to see the reactions of people listening to the Rod Stewart part yesterday. Just oh my furious, God. incensed. <laughs> I the first time I felt that actually I was a senior in high school and I was on the bus and these um, younger kids on the bus had never heard of Looney Tunes and I was like fuck okay this it's already happening to me all right this is from Chris Chris oh never mind this is from JT JT, JT. <laughs> gents uh, you, with the talk of Van Jefferson whether he should have skipped out on the Super Bowl to be with his wife for the birth of their child it got me thinking in two thousand the Brisbane Lions. An Aussie rules football team in the Australian Football League were in the playoffs. They made it to the second week, and one of their players, Daniel Bradshaw, missed the match to be with his wife, who was giving birth. The Lions lost the match. The season was over. And after the game, their head coach, a man named Lee Matthews, who was one of the toughest players ever to play the game, told his (laughs) players, quote, no unprotected sex in January. (laughs) Because the league's playoffs are in September. The players thought he was joking. He was not. His players were forbidden from having unprotected sex in January. Didn't want to miss, risk his players missing the playoffs. The result, 2001, 2002, 2003, the Brisbane Lions wow. became the first team in almost a half century to win three straight championships. Dude, no way. This is like some, this is a crazy awesome analytics, like way to get an edge, man. No one's gone for freaking, no, think about like your sleep patterns when you have a newborn. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these professional athletes have people that can watch their kids, but um yeah, this is this is a sweet edge. I like this a lot. I love this, and every team should be doing this for whenever well, their league's playoffs. Craig, are. this is what I said to you when when you're like, "Oh, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to go this year." I'm like, "Dude, you got a fucking plan better than that." Okay, yes, obviously, but if you're, you know, if, 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 if you're in the situation, dude. if you're in the situation, you play the game. No, that's what the money's for. You get Patrick Mahomes gets forty five million dollars a year. He's going to leave in the fourth quarter. If the condom breaks. You're playing the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were also talking about dads who didn't really appreciate very thoughtful Christmas gifts. Uh, in the early days of laptops, computers, and there, uh, I left this person's name out in case it was really heartbreaking for them, but uh, there was a default pinball game on your early computers that came installed. Pinball Space Cadet 3D, which I remember I vividly. love that game, and Did. I completely forgot about it until right now. Amazing game. I kind of <laughs> wanted to play it right now as soon as the show ends. Wow. Uh, my dad used to play on this constantly. I'm talking on a daily basis. It became part of his routine from decompressing at work that he would play this for at least 15 or 20 minutes a day. And my dad is also notoriously impossible to buy presents for. So when we were, my siblings were all between 11 and 15, we scratched together the money <laughs> to buy what we thought was an unbelievable Christmas gift. We got him an actual version of the same pinball machine, which was not cheap for teenagers. Love that. Love that. It continues. I cannot describe how excited we were to give him this gift. Fat, flash forward to Christmas Day. I could not barely, I could barely <laughs> contain my excitement to watch him open it. And I vividly remember the look on his face as he opens it and gives a non-enthused, oh, <laughs> well, what did he think it was? It's it's a pinball machine wrapped in wrapping paper. You know so I, mean? he, like, he, I, I don't think it was a full size. It was like half size, but it was huge. Okay. And he says he plays the first game, lasts about 30 seconds. He loses. And he says, there's a lean on this. Oh, my God. And he never used it uh, again. And that amazing. same day, that Christmas day, he was playing the video game pinball as the other real one they just got him. He like kind of put it in the garbage. Wow. You know 
this is there's two lessons here. Not only do dads like what they like, yeah, <laughs> but they also they don't give a shit about your feelings. When you get to a certain age, they're just like, I don't care that my my children spent all this money to get me a really sentimental gift. He's like, fuck it, I'm I'm just gonna openly play this video game in front of my I don't children think it, uh, my, on Christmas Craig, day. I don't think it's that they don't care. I think they're completely fucking oblivious to the idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a difference there. It's a slight distinction. They're just fucking oblivious. The whole thing, the whole time, if it's you're reading this. I just thought to like my dad answering a text message with K. Oh yeah, it's just like yeah. oh, God. oh, dude. Parents can't. Parents don't. My dad just texted me, K. Call me right now, and I'm like, Dad, you're right. He's like, Yeah. So like, I the, the Giants got Darren yeah. Waller last week. You didn't tell me. That's really funny. I just love it. It's like that generation, the boom, the baby boomer generation and older, like being terse it's just like a part of their identity they never had to use an exclamation mark in no, i lives. remember a decade ago this like was a thing um i read an article about how goldman sachs partners had to be like people were trying to explain to partners that like writing an email without an explanation point at the end was aggressive and it's trying to explain all these 50 year old wall street guys about the feelings of like the 20 something analysts <laughs> that work for them and they were like wow these kids are fucked for life aren't they <laughs> There's a, there's a meme I've seen on Twitter that it's like basically like how to write an email now. And it's like, hi, I'm writing to you about this exclamation point. And now I'm not using an exclamation point in my second sentence. So I don't look like a psycho. And we're back to exclamation points <laughs> with our third, third sentence. It's like, dude, I don't I don't think I've ever written an uh, email without an exclamation point in it. You look like a psycho if you don't. I, I I mean, I remember like I didn't even realize, but also like how aggressive it is if you end a text with a period. Yeah, like that's especially bad. My dad always does the ellipsis. He does like the what's up, <laughs> dot dot dot. And I'm like, what are you what are you what are you trying to say? How was your night? Dot dot dot. I'm like, did you hear something? If it was anyone but your father, that's kind of sexual. What are you up to tonight? Dot dot dot. You can't can't just send that around. Oh my God. That's all we got. Fantasyfootball.theruner.com. Go to our rankings. We got our tiers, tiers for every position. We're gonna maybe we'll just actually give every tight end a tier. It'll be a little Easter egg for everyone listening. That's Thank you, vote. Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Jack, for help behind the scenes. Thank you, everyone who emailed us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. What advice for Craig in his 30s? Anything we just talked about? Football, too. I guess you can ask about football. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren, we get no emails about football. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, Nirvana. Ooh, heavy hitter. I, 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 thank you to Nirvana, and I, I'm i sorry, Rod Stewart, longtime listener. <laughs> Deeply sorry. Yeah, Rod, if you're listening, I know you are. You always do. <laughs> Email us your thoughts. I would have shit a brick if I just got like Rod Stewart at gmail.com being like, it's all right, Danny. I understand. You just missed the biggest concert in human history. It's fine. But you can become pen pals. We'll get Rod on soon. Don't worry. Yeah. I want to hear more about that concert with three and a half million people on the beach. Like logistically. Seems like a lot. I mean, I mean, how many cities in the world are bigger than that? The bathroom situation, legitimate disaster. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.